0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. Glad to have you with us today. I'm Dean. I'm Zach. Yeah, it's good to be with you. And I'm back. He's back. Back again. Guess who's back. Tell friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not the episode to be dropping the little hip hop And This is like, this is the punk rock
3: episode. Punk rock, man. Yeah. Punk rock cuisine. Punk rock vegetarian cuisine. What's more punk rock than vegetarian cuisine?
2: Well, not much. Huh? Right? Yeah. It's like the movement of uh, resisting what's kind of like status quo. You know, as uh, the punk rock band Pennywise is infamously or famously known for, is like, fuck authority, yep. silent majority, <laughs> or whatever those lyrics That's are. That's a good song. I it can, is a good one. I can think of it. Yeah. It
3: takes me back to my like... I had a cousin, I have a cousin, uh Luke Postal, shout out to Luke. Uh he's the drummer of probably my favorite band in the world Slam Dunk. Ooh. Check them out on Spotify.
2: Everyone's a die
1: <laughs>
3: yes. breed. honestly it's so good. I'm such, such a good I'm song. such a fanboy even though it's my cousin. Like I listen to it so much when I run or drive. Yeah. It just has like insane energy. Anyways, he was really into punk music when we were younger and he was always influential to me. Uh, on the music side and we'd go to warp tour together and all this stuff and I remember like being the the poser that I was would put like blue hair dye in my hair and like spike it up as like a mohawk just for that night and then no? wash it out the next day <laughs> yeah. and like show up to school in my like Tommy Hilfiger like collar shirt carrying my basketball around yeah but I did always enjoy the music so yeah. and kind of the values that uh came from punk even though I was kind of putting on a uniform when I'd go to the shows and yeah. didn't fully embody, you know, yeah, the lifestyle.
2: But it is, that's a, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Like that, the punk rock movement, I think sometimes we see it as like, you know, maybe alternative or even like kind of like degenerate. Um, But it's not that at all. No. It's deeply, it's a deeply values-based kind of, ethos that people embody and it's it is it's like a full lifestyle that has led many of even the most like aggressive kind of punk bands to adopt like cruelty-free lifestyles which sometimes those two words like punk rock and cruelty-free seem like what but don't they like smash their guitars and wear all black and they're angry all the time
3: it's a rebellion man it's a rebellion against the system the agricultural system boom
2: that's just it and So, so Go yeah. ahead. Well, Go ahead. Say, I Put I the cat out of that, the bag. Maybe that brings us to our guest
3: today. The one. The only. Shira Bluestein, Yeah. The founder and uh you know visionary behind the acorn and the arbor, and most recently, uh her amazing book.
2: Yeah. Vegetables Reimagined. It's a cookbook of the acorn of the restaurant.
3: Yes, titled Acorn, Vegetables Reimagined, as Dean said. And it's just such a beautiful a piece of work that uh, you know obviously covers a lot of recipes but I, th- I think also captures a, a place and a time and uh, it's just as much an intersection of art as it is food and culture and it's oh just like it's a book that uh, I look at it and it makes me feel good it makes me smile you know yeah.
2: it's beautiful it's beautifully done um, well written the recipes are incredible like uh, my, mom, my mom was flipping through it she was here the other day and she's like oh my gosh this book is beautiful I was like, yes. yeah, It's like yeah that's awesome so and she would be someone who would never have gone to the acorn right it's, she doesn't do a lot of driving mm-hmm. out into like far spaces sorry yes. mom if you're listening bridges. <laughs> bridges, bridges. bridges that's a that's a big thing if you're going out into the big old city yeah but like it just makes that kind of cuisine accessible to her Absolutely. right and i mean share gets into it on the pod of but like a little bit of how The recipes like really are quite accessible because everything that's in there is done without any crazy you know kitchen machinery or anything so it's like something that can be done
3: at home it's really food is art that is also delicious Mm -hmm. so uh yeah we got into a lot with Cher from her origins and her uh journey with music and um opening restaurants and you know, the challenges that we all faced through COVID yeah. and running a business through COVID while being a mother, um, a wife and many other things. Uh, sure. Someone that I've always like gone to in our community, uh, in the small business community, we've, you know, at the beginning of COVID, I, we had a lot of phone conversations just, uh, to be allies and to support and help each other. And, she's always been someone that's been uh you know a big light in uh in the small business and in the plant-based community that uh inspires a lot of us. So it was it was really cool to get to sit down and and uh go long form with her and and get into all all the deeper meaning of what's in a vegetable.
2: Yeah. Yeah, kind of touching on all all parts of her life and she does she wears many hats, right? Like mother, restaurateur, author, now musician. Like there's been there's kind of like a whole bunch of threads that yes that tie her together as a as a very unique and wonderful human being. So
3: I think all those passions kind of bleed through into how she lives her life, from food to her her style to her music. Uh, I think she does things with uh, a certain sense of artistry and 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 magic, and uh, it really comes through. Whether you're having a bite of food or listening to her music or just having a conversation,
2: yeah, oh, super cool. So um, we know you're going to enjoy this one. And
3: uh, last but not least, though, yeah, if we, you're not
2: going to the Acorn for dinner tonight, yes,
3: if you can't make it because you didn't you didn't make a reservation, you didn't make a reservation. Because shame on you, <laughs> you need one because you need one because that place is so good. What are you going to do? Who are you going to call? I don't know. I might panic and first text you, Dean, and say
2: I say Zach, don't worry about it. I got you. Hit up freshprep.ca.
3: Oof, there's the answer. There's
2: your people. And not only that, not only would I give you that sound, solid advice for delicious, nutritious, you know, plant-based meals delivered right to your door yes. in zero waste containers. Not only would I do that for you, I would also say, yo, type type in all caps SC juice when you check out and you got 3 free meals.
3: So when life throws you those mealtime scares and you don't know what to do,
2: Fresh Prep, that's your go-to.
3: There we go. Yeah. Solving problems one meal at a time.
2: They really are like the punk rock meal prep service. Yes. It's cuz they're they're bringing it. They were the they were like kind of the first in Canada first with zero waste. Yeah. They're they're like you know, taking on taking on these systems of wasteful products and all this and packaging it and they've gotten rid of that they've solved that problem and they've solved the problem of what's for
3: dinner what's for dinner and if you want to dig deeper into their business we recently had one of their founders becky brower on so you know tune that in maybe while you're cooking your fresh prep meal with that's that right. nice promo code, that uh, we'll get three meals onto your onto your doorstep in no time. Boom!
2: And He's, if you've listened to that episode, yes, you can always check out the our Spotify. We got a playlist. Yes, it's like '90s '90s yes. jams. It's not punk rock. Maybe maybe Shira will give us a punk rock playlist. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome.
3: We'll, we'll bug her. We'll see if we'll see if she's got time. I yeah. know she's a busy lady.
2: Yeah, but uh, check out that one. That's it. That's full of '90s jams.
3: All right, everybody, enjoy. All right, all right, we're here with our <laughs> nearest and dearest friend, Shira, from the Acorn and Arbor, and many other things. Thanks for joining us, Shira.
0: Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Welcome,
3: welcome. Thanks for, we always joke that our podcast is really just like a tourism play to get people out to Steve Sten, so yeah, thanks for coming to us. It's
0: beautiful our... out here, except for today, it's a little bit windy and gray. Don't tell the people. Okay, no, it's beautiful here. Sunny,
3: always. Always sunny in Every Steve sunny. Yeah. No 365 such sixty five days of sunshine. Yeah, no such thing as atmosphere. You got rain rivers.
0: in Vancouver? Not happening <laughs> yep. this season. Climate
3: wow. wow. change. I don't know. Just climate stability over here. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in your are
0: own you, bubble, I see. Are you a yeah. climate
3: denier? Climate change denier just now? Oh shoot. <laughs> Take, no.
0: Um, can I just start? by thanking you both for having me but also i really want to start by thanking you zach for introducing me to robert at appetite of course, because uh the acorn cookbook exists because of that introduction so you are the the key initiator and i just want to acknowledge that thank you very much
3: my pleasure sure. i mean i think the first time i had a meal at acorn everything from the visual aesthetics to the flavor, like it was all meant to be in a book. So I'm happy that, uh, it came in, came to fruition. And now seeing the book in real life, it's, it's so beautiful. I think you captured everything that you and your restaurant are in terms of, I think it's equal parts an art book as it is a recipe book, as it is like an artifact of history. Um, and it's just like, it's beautiful. So congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah. Yes.
2: It's got, uh, I was just flipping through it here. It's got very much like Odolenghi vibes with just like the beautiful artistry of the photos. Uh, flipping through, noticing some of like the, we'll get into it, I'm sure, but like the local connections, North Arm Farm I saw is featured in there, which is so cool to know right when we're eating things that it's like not just delicious and good for us, but also good in terms of where it comes from it's yeah, grown right grown here
0: with love by people who are close by there's like a low footprint for everything Easy. that you're eating that comes out of the restaurant so we're really proud of that fact it's yeah. nice to be able to show it in a book
1: too yeah. right yeah.
3: and represent all the community that you work with
0: yeah we're really proud of the community that it keeps growing and that's like well i guess we're talking about the book well, let yeah hear let's, hear let's just go there <laughs>
3: Let's go. We'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll do like a Benjamin Buttons and we'll start, uh, we'll start at the backwards. end and work backwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I threw that out of whack. There's for no you rules.
3: There's no, there's no rules. Yeah. There's no rules in podcasting. That's right. Uh, but I yeah,
0: think. I mean, one of the things that we really wanted with this book. Well, so we put this book out. It's on Appetite. It came yes. out two weeks ago, yeah, November congrats. 9th. Woo. And it's, uh, it's, it follows one year organically of the recipe and dishes that we put out in the restaurant so we just shot it in real time with our photographer Gabrielle Cabrera and I co-authored it with our chef at the time Brian Leptak and we're we wanted it to be beautiful and every page had to have a visual element which was really important so even the pages that don't have a picture of a dish or of an ingredient they have an illustration that was drawn by my partner Scott Lewis so there's something like hopefully that keeps you flipping because some books are dense and text heavy, yes. which is great. But our cooking is also can be that way. So yeah. we wanted it to be something that everyone will get something out of, whether yeah. it's they don't cook from it.
3: I, I love that like one year progression too, because it kind of feels like a, a c- cyclical, cyclical story going through the seasons. And you can kind of like feel that as you flip the pages, like going from like one season to the next, totally. seeing how the ingredients change. Uh, like if you want to learn what's local, like you could really just pick up your book and follow it chronologically. And you'll like know, OK, these ingredients are local for this season. Yeah. These are things that I can buy this time of year.
0: It's a guide, but it's not actually a foraging guide. So please don't pick based on what you're seeing from our book. Like know what you're picking if you're going to go out and, and do that. Yep. There's some things that can't be poisonous. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes. No no before you uh, You're in your safe you handling
0: eat. of wild crafted ingredients. Please.
2: Definitely. But it's also so cool that it's like that exposes, I think, something there's a there's a disconnect between our eating habits and the place that we inhabit. Right. And how that's kind of that's really unfortunate that we don't know about the foods that are available to us like right here where we live and work and play. I mean, obviously in an urban environment, we have to curate them a little more. So you're planting gardens or whatever, but it does, doesn't take too much to be able to go out into like a wild space and find stuff that is food, but you got to know what you're doing. And I think it speaks to a little bit of, you know, there's a gap. There's there's a knowledge that we need to gain to say, hey, here's some things that are like growing right here that we can eat.
0: And also, I mean, the passion of the farmers who are growing like tirelessly and who now ask us, like, what we want them to grow for us each year. So, mm-hmm. like, just to be able to, we're so lucky where we live that we have an abundance of incredible, our environment allows for us to grow so much mm-hmm. that we can enjoy all year round. I mean, I grew up in Calgary, so there was not a whole lot. I mean, there was cattle farming happening there. There's grain, but there wasn't, you know, this sort of abundance of produce that we get here. We're yeah. Just, Really lucky to be here.
3: Very cool. Can you speak to um, like the importance of a local diet and kind of what that represents? Um, if you kind of move that out in a macro sense, like wow. how, how supporting local can represent, uh, you know, supporting community and supporting sustainability, and how that can start on your on your plate. How you guys so beautifully do it at the Acorn.
0: Well, I think one thing to note that is just like the key for all of us is we've seen countless times how with the start of the pandemic and then even more recently with these horrible floods and and just how fragile our food systems are I don't know if you've done a lot of talking about this but I mean we were Zach you and I talking at the beginning of the pandemic quite a bit with having to close our businesses um so suddenly and the sh- stores were lo- being stripped of every ingredient that they so had. Crazy. And right in the beginning, I remember we had our farmers who had all their produce and the farmer's market closed and the restaurants shut down. So like all of the ingredients that they were growing were still there, but they didn't have access to people. Mm-hmm. And all the people were freaking out because they had no access to food. And so that was one of that first pivot that Acorn did where we we created like an online farmer's market just by being able to... S- sell and connect our customers to the ingredients that the farmers had. And I think that that was a really clear example of like how important it is to support and to work with what is growing around us because we can't rely on things that are being flown or imported as much as we did in the past. And I think that obviously is the sort of way of the future. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And even in this current moment, like it's it's on display even more, right? Because it's not just global but it's local now with the the cutting off of the lower mainland from the rest of the province and even the rest of the country via like roadways and it's like a crazy moment where we're like oh we can't get these certain things right now because trucks and stuff like can't get through the road. yeah Yeah. so it forces it to be even like more hyper local
0: and we have so much i mean we have so many farms that are close enough that aren't cut off from us and i think we just need to somehow find a way maybe through government intervention to be able to give more accessibility to for the farms to be able i mean to connect with customers i know we have the farmer's market and that's great that's definitely one way but we should be giving more incentive for people to buy from local farms i mean an apple flying all the way from Chile shouldn't be less expensive than the apple grown you know 50 kilometers it's away wild, it's
3: pretty wild when you put it that way right? yeah. mm-hmm. like if if we were to speak with our grandparents they probably knew their farmer they knew like the makers of most of the things that kind of made up what was in their household whether it was like the tables or the furniture or the clothes or the food you know local was just how they lived and now mm-hmm. we're having to things globalized so quickly in the last I don't know 20 to 30 years that we've forgot this idea of making things locally over somehow the convenience of things being made you know thousands of kilometers away being cheaper
1: Mm.
0: and i say i'm you know a product of calgary as i said before and like we used to shop at the big box stores you had strawberries all year round. Right. And you don't never you know, I never thought, especially in Calgary, there wasn't a strawberry there weren't strawberries growing in our backyard. <laughs> yeah, totally. Those were all coming imported no matter what. And again, I'm a mom of two. Yes. I give my kids strawberries because that's one of the few things that they will eat. <laughs> yeah. And I have to do that. Yeah. When they're in season locally we buy from the farms. Yeah, of
2: course. Right.
0: So there's this mixed match thing where it's like, you know, I'm not I'm not dogmatic about it i do i think you got to do what you got to do to survive yeah Yeah. fortunately it's a privilege to be able to eat local and organic and i think i wish it could be the other way around
2: right yeah i mean we you you could drive yourself insane trying to live like this perfectly ethical life but the fact of the matter is like we're all at least in this room like we're north americans currently and (laughs) our our world the way our world is set up is like we have huge amounts of privilege that we don't even think about don't even see and so we could it it, we're so privileged that you could drive yourself insane trying to mitigate all of the harm that we're doing all the time and I think you just have to like choose how you're going to do it like look at look at your life and say okay how can I do less harm now yeah just be mindful okay
0: if you have two choices in front of you do your best to try and make the the one that has the least impact totally but like you know, if you can't, don't. It's fine. I get it. Like, yeah. So many people come up to me and they say, oh, you own the acorn or the arbor? Oh, I'm I'm not I'm not vegetarian. <laughs> I'm yeah. not vegan. I eat meat. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. You yeah. be you. You know what? Just come eat there at our restaurant. Have a great time. Yeah. That's all I want.
3: I mean, I'd rather take omnivores or meat eaters to the acorn to show them how freaking awesome yeah. ve- veg- vegetable veg- vegetables can be. Like, you guys can dress up a vegetable... In ways that my brain can imagine, and to share that with someone that their perception of vegan food is very limited, yeah, um, or vegetarian food, um, like th- that's more exciting to me than bringing someone in that has adopted a vegan lifestyle and already knows they're already coming. How great a vegetarian totally, can be. <laughs> yeah. exactly.
0: That and that's it. The real, I mean. The real success of what we're doing is when an omnivore walks out and goes, That was awesome. Yeah. I didn't know a vegetable could do that. Yeah. Like, you're like, Great. We'll see you again. Or maybe we just, you know, they'll think about it next time differently. And that's cool. That's really, you know, that's the best case scenario.
1: Totally.
3: Like I guarantee anyone can come in and have your kale Caesar salad. And they'll be like, this is like the best damn salad. Or
0: the Caesar dressing, Uh, which you can now buy on shelves. (laughs) So that was a pandemic pivot thing that every restaurant did. Can you get it at the juice uh, truck, I think? I
3: I hope so. If we don't don't have it, I'll make sure that we do by the time this comes out. We do have a lot of your products. Yeah um your waffles have become like a staple on our house that too.
0: we're working hard on getting those waffles out there because they are vegan and gluten-free and they are our brunch recipe so we oh, just my. reopened for brunch too yeah. this weekend for the first time in a year and a half almost two years
3: oh that's exciting really exciting it was I've the last that. step
0: same totally <laughs> <laughs> um so we did find a way to, to offer brunch was by making these package frozen waffles nice. which are made you know with Vegan yeah. gluten free, toaster ready, acorn style. They're pretty tasty. They're so good. Oh, yeah,
3: my kids prefer them to egos, which is a win. that's a win. <laughs> that's yeah, a win. totally. Win. Uh, yeah. Can, can we talk about pivoting? Because like yeah. before the COVID, dreaded P word, we yeah. all had like an idea of what our businesses looked like, um, and we could project, you know, what a week or a day or whatever would look like a week forward or a year in advance. Like we all had a good idea of. How to grow things and hmm. all of that. And then COVID happened and we all had to pivot and change and be flexible. And, you know, sometimes on a day's notice, the government would be like, okay, now this is the rule. Now this is the rule. Um, what has that taught you as a business owner, maybe as a person?
0: This is a great question because I also had a COVID baby. So yes. there was a lot of like, there was the shutting down of the restaurants, mm. having to find a way to stay alive without knowing whether the world was going to end in the beginning anyways. Yeah, also pretty... being pregnant and being like, is the, <laughs> is this the apocalypse? Like, it's what pre- are we doing? time to be pregnant. Oh, right? my goodness. Yeah. If I could have had a glass of wine while I was <laughs> I, <laughs> that was the worst part for me. But we're, we're through it now. Everything's good. Yeah. Um, the, the way that as a team, and I mean, I'm praising my chef, Devin Latte, because we, we closed for a day. We might have even chatted you and Isaac like on the first few days when we all decided to close. Yeah, two days in, everybody's freaking out about food security and insecurity. And Devin, our chef, we sat down two days later, and he was like, "Okay, listen, like I've taken inventory of everything that's in our restaurant right now. We have a ton of produce that's going to waste. Let's get it out. Let's just sell it to people. You know, at almost cost. Like yeah. here you go. Let's just get it out there." And um, so. I really am grateful for Devin because he pulled me out of like one of the darkest moments of my life where he was just able to be like, wake up, let's go spring into action. Yeah. And it felt so good to just suddenly be like flipping and moving and, and to be able to move felt better than to sit back and feel like it was, yeah. Yeah. It feels like a victimized, you know, victim kind of feeling. I hate that word, but anyways, Yeah. um, yeah, Devin really pulled me out of that. We pivoted, and then it became more about how we could move as a team every step of the way because mm-hmm. nobody knew, like Zach said, how what the future was going to hold. So we had to just sort of all work together. And I think that that was we've always run a really collaborative team, but I think now more now having the second kid too, it's really forced me to have to split my attention and focus so much that I'm relying on my team more and more and i think when they're coming at me saying like hey this is the climate that we're sensing right now there's a lot more of a let's listen and talk about it together and i so the pivot i hate that word you know we did so many different things closing reopening running an online farmers market creating a packaged food line which you know probably is the best thing that came out of it
3: well, I was, I was going to ask, like, what has there has there been any silver lining? But maybe it's creating all of this packaged yeah, packaged good. Out. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, yeah, coming around and being sort of really working with the team more. So I yeah. think is the has been
3: the silver lining. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. well, knowing cool. that like people wanted people wanted it right, like they they wanted the the stuff that the Acorn had to offer, and that you could do that pivot where you're like, okay, let's start like packaging what we can. And that became available to people and people were showing up and getting it. And then obviously in the reopening phase, like, I know there's a lot of people who are like, are people going to come back? Is there like a huge hesitancy? Are people going to do like takeout from us? Yeah. Whatever, right? People
0: were saying it was, you know, the death of the restaurant. Yeah. And all that plexi and all of the steps that were required to hack up a room to be at half capacity, do you know no restaurant ever opens going, we're going to make it at 50%. <laughs> yeah. Like, you need every seat full every every single night at all times right. in order to make it work. We're not even talking about succeed. We're just talking about, like, just making it work. Yeah. So when they were like 50%, and well, Acorn and, and Arbor are small spaces, small restaurants. Yeah. yeah. 50% of a, of a 200 seat restaurant, you maybe, maybe there's some numbers there that work when you start reaching that volume and capacity, but not. Yeah, what's, not what's
3: like capacity at Acorn? Like 48?
0: 40, 48 by you know by our license but we really don't fit 48 people in there yeah it's like so 30 like, so which we- i was like 25 which then became 12 sometimes because of the way the seats were set up so yeah 12 yeah. people at, at a time plus yeah. the added
2: cost of all of the safety measures you had to do the plexiglass reorganizing whatever it is right the added cost of huge, all of the food. because Things are getting more and more expensive.
0: And if you see a room at fifty percent, you're still st- you're staffing it at eighty five percent. Yeah. So it's not like it works in that same sort of ratio.
3: Yeah. What a time, hey?
0: Hey. Yeah. Talking about it now makes me like my <laughs> blood start to I don't know. Well, I can feel my blood pressure going up. We need that glass
2: of
3: wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Every time there's like a new variant, I'm like. Not again. Not again. Let's not do this again. Yeah,
2: yeah. traumatized. It's true. It's true. But right.
3: out of that came
2: some came some cool things.
0: Like a cookbook. Like which, a cookbook. you know, was supposed to be released in the spring of this year. And because it took so long for us to write it, which wasn't a pandemic factor. <laughs> it takes uh, a long to write it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I know. Zach was like, oh, we were a little bit late. Like a few months, I think. Yeah, we I was like, "How? Year. What are? Are we gonna get in trouble for handing this in so late? We feared being in trouble too. Yeah, really. like, Someone's like, like mom and dad's us. gonna get mad at you. The classic
2: <laughs> school teacher. Ten percent off.
0: Totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. But no, we were um, we were very late. Over a year, I think. Once we finally submitted it, and I think the benefit was just that we got to release it now mm-hmm. when we could celebrate it in in a room together with other
2: people. Which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So does it feel like uh, the way the way it, Zach you talked about it, like the way it works, is? kind of calendar of like meals and broken up over the seasons does it feel like a capsule of like that season in the restaurant that season in your life yeah
0: yeah yeah. and I mean our chef Brian he when all of the food styling is him like he made the dishes he uh, plated them up and there is no hairspray there's no like movie magic on any of the dishes like we ate every single thing that we took pictures of Amazing. and I was always like why why like why does it have to be hot you know for the sake of the photograph and he later on was like you know what I want to look back on this book and see every single dish and remember how tasty it was Mm -hmm. I don't want to look back on it and remember the hairspray that's covering it and all of the sort of falsities that might be behind the scenes yeah and he's right I look at every single thing in there and I'm like oh that was so good that dish was so great so I'm really grateful he did that.
3: Mm-hmm. So is this volume one? Seeing yeah. it's like Next
0: one is with Chef Dev. We're gonna do vegan sauces and spreads. Stay Oof. tuned. Oof. Thanks, Appetite for. Uh, no, they. Ha- this is my pitch to them right now. Yeah, they're let's
1: better. It. <laughs> they're better.
0: I don't know if they're gonna want to work with us yet after taking so long. <laughs> I think it's normal.
3: It's gotta be. Yeah. I know people that have taken. Long you long.
0: have to like not have anything else on your plate. Mm-mm. No like- kids. No jobs.
3: If yeah, if you're a full time author and that was your gig, like if you're late, like maybe like, you know, a bit of yeah. a finger wag, but if you're like running two restaurants, like Have raising two. kids, birthing kids. <laughs> yeah, there was know, impossible. Like, and then the pandemic yeah. did. And then actually, pandemic. Yeah. Sprinkle I mean pandemic we sprinkle. I remember we were writing the last <laughs>
0: of the recipes right at the start. And oh, yeah. we went we would write it in cafes, Brian and I, and like it started. One time we were sitting at a coffee table writing and the kid beside us started coughing and Brian and I both looked at each other and we we're like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> like, it was just that right at that moment of the beginning of the hysteria yeah. when everyone's like, oh, was everybody a, you know, a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: yeah. Scary times. Yeah. It was unreal. Well, one one of the parts that I really liked about the book was the introduction Obviously, I liked all the recipes, but you know, knowing you and and, and the person that you are, I liked uh, just reading your story, and I learned more uh, more about you, and I wanted to, I wanted more chapters of the Shira story. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's the third book. <laughs> the third book after the sauces the and spreads.
0: Yeah, you're too young to write a memoir, I think. Yet.
3: But. Yeah, maybe maybe in a few years. Yeah. Um, but one part that I've known about you and admired uh, is kind of your like your punk origins and how that kind of informed your your love for vegetables and uh, I just wanted to like get into like the punk the punk life and like kind of the values and lessons of of just like punk do it yourself kind of attitude and um, what punks taught you and kind of how you got your you know, you're got into that scene originally.
0: Yeah. That do it yourself, the DIY life. Yeah. It was the mid nineties and, um, I was, I started going to shows in Calgary Yep. and through punk rock started, you know, talking with the community of fellow punks about, you know, PC politically correctness as it was called at the time, veganism, activism, anti, uh, sexism, anti-racism, like basically just like anti-homophobia, all of those things. Those were, you know, at the time, it was just we would make patches and put them, you know, promote sort of just love for everyone and also trying to, um, well, support one another.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, I think like there's like a bit of a perception if you didn't grow up listening to punk music of just this like kind of anarchist, this like... Uh, troublemaker this vandal but like punk actually has this like great value system like you're talking about of like being an anti-racist being an anti sex like against sexism and being for equality and like being against the system of oppression Um, I mean I think Rage Against the Machine like their name kind of summarizes a lot of it but there's like an inherent value system in the punk life, the punk lifestyle. And a lot of those values are now um, come to the surface, uh, especially in the last few years of, you know, black lives matter and, and all these other kind of social justice movements where I, I feel punk has always been like a leader in social justice. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I kind of grew up with some of that in my life. Like I wasn't like fully into that scene, but I listened to a lot of punk music um, and I went to a lot of punk shows, even though I was kind of like a bit of a jock at the same time. Um, But I, I like took those lessons and those values and that was kind of what I took away from punk more than the music. And now through running, I've been me and Dean have been into gotten more into running in the last few years and i've kind of re got into punk music because i like the pace of it mm-hmm. and i like to run listening to, to, to punk. punk yeah um so maybe to like rephrase that like how did punk inform you Shira, as like a teenager a, a evolving person because we are so informable as as teenagers like how did punk inform the person that you are today
0: i love that punk rock really taught me to question information yeah. as a starting point. So of course, one thing it was teaching me was to question authority. Yes. You know, when you're a teenager isn't well, I mean it's part of your rebellious phase. But as an adult now, I question everything in a way that hopefully informs me to make better choices. Mm. And I think it's about like taking all in all the information, supporting your community, which is what the punk punk rock scene back in the day used to do and I mean you know making better choices for the for your community and the environment that was what we learned back in the 90s and it's evolved more so like you said I mean it's informed kind of who I am now and I I I wouldn't have opened a veggie restaurant if I wasn't for that I don't think it was sort of in the DIY movement of being able to just kind of run and do it on a super low budget, doing it with the support of our friends. Um, I don't listen to as much punk now. It's really hard to put on with the kids in the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But (laughs) and I was more of like a hardcore, kind of like noisy sludge hardcore person, less of a, and crust, which let's not talk about crust punk. Um, (laughs) But uh, the music you know, was one part of it. It was the lifestyle. And we toured a lot. And of course, that as part of my story talks about all of the sort of experiences that I had out in the world as an early musician, Mm. trying different food and being vegan or vegetarian in the 90s touring America is a a horrible thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, unfortunately, Fast food, or it was you know chilies and stews that people would make for you in their houses, and because you'd be playing the basements of punk houses or community halls. So we're really lucky that we got that, you know, at all. Um, It was only once I started getting a little bit older and we got signed, we were not in punk music anymore, playing in bands that were signed to bigger labels. We had a little bit more. We got the tour more. I think the 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 food experiences also increased and that also helped to inform me again coming home and being like wanting something more out of the city that I lived in which was why I created the restaurant.
3: Amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Cuz veganism are like plant-forward thinking was kind of a bit of the like the straight edge punk culture like there's a lot of punk bands that were like Vegan bands like in the 80s and the 90s, like before veganism was a word and, um, like bad brains and stuff like that, that were kind of like, This is how we do it. I, I don't know, bad brains might have been canceled. I don't know, I
1: don't, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's hard, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do think that, like, if you were a punk band, anyways, in our scene in Calgary in the 90s, punk was synonymous with like being vegetarian or vegan, you know, it was like really unfortunately that pc movement almost like ate itself up like it was it got yeah. too intense mm. you couldn't say anything anymore you know it, it reached an extremist sort of place yeah but all of that still you know is deep down inside of you where you just hopefully that you take away the best parts and I, was, I think it's really funny because my parents saw it as the ultimate rebellion and mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking like, oh, no, my daughter is punk. Like, what? What am I going to do? But like who that made me become now as an adult, I would hope my parents would be super proud of that. And I hope as a parent myself now thinking about that, I would be so stoked (laughs) if my kids found punk rock and it taught them like, you know, how to care for each other and support each other the way the community did back then.
2: Yeah, cuz those values transcend the music like for same like we all, you know, we all have young kids here and it's probably not going to be you know quick quick hi-hat snare beats and you know like the four on the floor kind of like grungy distorted guitars punk but like what is the next iteration of punk being like that that value system like what music is it gonna, is it like Billie Eilish how she's kind of like She's not punk, but she is, right? In her attitude and the way she's, like, presenting ideas and stuff. And I think that trying to recognize for the next generation, like, what do they need to pick up and rebel against? That Even, like, maybe we've... You know, we get old. We lose some of our edge. I've definitely lost my edge. (laughs) My goodness, the punk
0: version of me looking at me now would be like, like, "Uh, you you changed. (laughs) You used to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But, like, the hope is, like, how do you... Cause it is a young person's movement. Like I think there's space for everyone within it, but like young people have always championed change and they're the ones on the, on the front line of like taking us where we need to go. And I think the punk thing to do is like an adult or an older person who's still part of that or believes in that change is like making sure that we can set our kids up to like, yeah, like these are the systems that you need to change now. Like we've fought against some of these ones and changed against some of these ones, but like, it's your job to like keep keep the ball going down the field, kind of thing. But to also, mix
0: I think it, we all have to continue to grow and change too. Hundred percent. So as soon as we start like, well, as soon as we stop growing, you know, what's the point? We're losing. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. So something you said in there really really piqued my interest. Like the PC culture kind of ate itself up. Do you think we're in a moment that's like similar to that now? Yeah,
0: it feels very reminiscent of that time for sure. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it's something that, you know, you ride out a little bit and it will kind of correct itself and find balance right? where we can just, you know, all work towards making the right choices and saying the right things and looking after each other the way that we should Mm -hmm. without, you know, I don't know. Name calling or you yeah. know ugh, canceling
2: cancel right. cancel culture is a thing yeah. that like maybe should be up for cancellation yeah, and I mean cancel, that's cancel
0: culture
2: yeah I know there's some people who maybe disagree but like I, I struggle with it as you know Zach and I've been talking a lot about the idea of like nuance in conversation and how do you see how do you hold space and be like empathetic as a human being? Say, I, I totally disagree with your point, but like, how can I learn something about you or about myself through this conversation rather than just being like you said, or did something bad in this moment or 20 years ago, therefore everything about you is like wrong and we're going to cancel you. Like, I don't, I don't see that being I mean,
0: helpful. there's a big spectrum of the things that people do that are right. wrong 100%. not wrong. So for sure. But also you can't change people by, um, calling them out and shutting them out mm-hmm. people will change with love I didn't sound like a total hippie saying this but I really do believe that when you embrace people and you you work with them in an inclusive way that's how you can bring change mm-hmm. call
3: people in versus calling people out kind of thing totally yeah. yeah
0: I don't know I mean it's the same with we see it at the restaurant we're not there preaching veganism at the door that will scare people away right just show people that vegetables are tasty and mm-hmm. they eat them that's mm. all there is to it. There's really nothing else.
2: Yeah, and they might find how my oh, this is like really I like this even more, or I feel better about this choice.
0: And let people decide for themselves. They can get there. No yeah. one wants to be told how to think or what to do. Really, at the end of the day,
3: That's- just compassionate. You're a nice person. It's going to open doors versus closing them. And yeah, I think. With so much that's happened in the last year, whether you're pro this or anti this or left or right or whatever, it's like we've put walls in between those conversations and we just yell at each other from our our soapboxes or whatever instead of finding that we have a lot in common.
0: And the attention span of people who are doing that is so short. That's what's really unfortunate. They just jump from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. And it's not bringing change. It's just creating like a... I don't know, like a minefield behind them or like
3: a, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit scary. And I think uh, like places like the acorn like represent what's possible by how we were talking about like there's a seat at the table for vegans and omnivores and like it doesn't matter what what your spectrum is, whether you're left or right, like it's a place for people to come together. And I think food is like a place that uh, change can happen.
0: Food is like the language that everybody speaks.
3: Yeah. If you give something, if you give anybody something tasty, it's going to bring people together. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: totally. And it's the equalizer. We all need to do it. Yeah. We all love to do it, right? Like we, yeah. break, we break bread. It's how we, it's how we connect on a meaningful level. And it's hard, it's hard to walk away from a conversation over a meal because you're kind of, you're, you're in this thing right so the idea is like you you share this meal and then share a conversation and hopefully walk away with a fuller stomach and perspectives would be like ideal <laughs> but twitter twitter world doesn't always work that way
0: No, yeah, that's why i don't go on twitter
3: yeah <laughs> i'm always scrolling like sports and stuff on twitter it's selective my, it's my crutch if I'm feeling anxious, I'll like you go sports. scroll sports and it makes me feel better.
0: Well, that's good. You have, that's good. You know what that is. That's perfect.
3: Yeah. 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 Good old. What's ho- your neutralizer? Tweets. Yeah. Yeah.
2: My neutralizer is going to be music for yeah, sure. Me too. Yeah. Just go, go dive in. Usually probably an album that I like know and love that takes me back to like some nostalgic place or something. Yeah.
1: For yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. Totally.
3: What are some albums that make you feel good? Shira?
0: Uh. Uh I was listening to let me see what the you know.
3: Spotify oh, yeah, it it's, just it's, came out today. Mine was like wiggles. I saw Space Chef oh, my god and, Con- and Kanye. I was like,
2: what a mix. Oh god. Uh, actually posting. on the way
0: over here I was listening to that Samaris Samaris record. It's from two thousand seven. Nice. So definitely not new. Yeah. Do you
3: listen to more music from like like I listened to a lot of music from like when I was like eighteen to twenty four still? and even like high school i'm not so like up to new music do you find you're like still cutting edge with new music or you listen to like a lot?
0: my partner really does a lot more of the like new music searching and then he kind of helps point me into some things that he knows that i will like which is great because i don't have the time unfortunately to be like constantly listening or the patience um but i think that what i'm mostly listening to right now is very like female fronted dark a little bit electronic. Cool. Um, pretty dark. Usually that's what I lean to.
3: I might need to get sure to make a playlist. I'll make you at least a say. list of yeah.
0: of artists that I like. That's cool. It's a starting point.
3: That's cool. There's one band. Have you listened to Wax, Wax, Waxahachie? Waxahachie? No. I'll send it to you. They're, they're like female forward. Uh, I mean, it's all girls in the band. Um, they are they were one of my, under the wiggles, they were one of my most listened <laughs> under <the Wiggles>. to. Under <laughs>
0: Okay, but also the wiggles is like the one thing that when my one-year-old is freaking out, I can put that wiggles on and she will just stop and like smile and I'm like, okay, this is obviously, this this is a secret weapon that I'm going to keep in my pocket for emergencies only. They're take it away Loki. Yeah.
3: they were supposed to come here before COVID and we were going to go and I was actually like disappointed when it got canceled I was like have I was
0: rescheduled I'll go with you they we'll go we haven't
3: okay. but I haven't <laughs> gone to a concert in a long time but I might have to break that for the Wiggles if they come to oh town. my goodness <laughs> what's the, who are we <laughs> what's the we beer changed? garden situation at the Wiggles
0: yeah, right. it's bring your own flask <laughs> so
3: bring your own apple juice yeah so funny. Oh, man. Uh, Wiggles aside. Uh, well, this is, well, I
0: see Wiggles written down on your piece of paper. Like, yeah, so Let's talk about the check, Wiggles. They're, they're like our off. show sponsor. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode. Oh, my God. To the Wiggles. Not to go down too far down the wiggle, <laughs> wiggle rabbit hole. And if you don't have kids, you're like, what, what the fuck the are they talking about? Don't even just, bother looking it up. Yeah, they're, they're the top grossing music act in Australia. They like, make I a ton of that. money.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Australian version of Sharon Lewis and Bram,
3: right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, crazy. yeah. Good for them. Get over here, Wiggles. We're, We're ready for you. <laughs> We're ready
3: for you. Come eat at the Acorn. Yeah. <laughs> Can you <laughs> imagine? <laughs> oh my yeah. God! Yes. I just I just like pictured them in their like clothes, their outfit, their stage, their stage uh, garbs, like eating kale salad at the Acorn. Right. Yeah. That's Let's make a, it happen. That's a sight. it out there to the universe. Yeah. Wiggles Acorn. I'll be there. We'll Maybe see you. book signing or something. That'd be so good.
0: <laughs> Did they put a book out too? I don't know. Oh, well. They do have like toys at Toys R sure. though.
2: Oh, they got it all.
3: Okay, so Wiggles We're in the aside. wrong
0: business. Totally.
2: I know. Children's music.
0: Yeah. Children's
3: music. You guys are both musicians.
0: Yeah. It started
2: we should a kid's do, band. Let's do it. Okay. Children's album.
0: Merchandising?
3: Yeah. Okay. And there we go.
0: This restaurant racket <laughs> this is, is not going big, it where uh, I want it to. Yeah. <laughs> Total pivot. I think you're talking about pivots. (laughs) That is the pivot I want to talk about.
3: Two years down the line. Why did you stop the acorn? Well. The wiggles. The wiggles. (laughs) Oh,
1: man.
3: All right. Wiggles and kids music side. Um, One word that you mentioned when you were talking about like growing up and getting into like punk rock and all that was Rebellion. And I think when you started The Acorn, it was a reb- rebellion against, like, the food scene in Vancouver. It was, like, a very kind of meat-heavy, kind of, like, traditional, like, Italian-French food was kind of, like, the vibe or some sort of fusion. And, like, having a, a restaurant that didn't have any meat was, like, total a total rebellion against the system. And it, like, went on to win, like, every award possible. Uh- <laughs> props shout out yeah um so can you just like talk about like rebel like rebellion being like a a value or like just like a way of being against the system to kind of move forward in life
0: well it's funny because when acorn opened wildebeest opened at the same time and i remember all of these public news paper or articles would talk about how they wouldn't want to be in the same, you know, table yeah. as the acorn and the wildebeest folks because we were so polarizing. Yeah. Meanwhile, we were all friends. Yeah. Of course. And but, but that's not a good story. No. <laughs> you <laughs> you gotta, of course not. Got to yeah, cancel the all. other people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it. we had to do a lot of explaining in the beginning to t- justify why we were there. And we had to really fight for being there. We had to fight to be there. Our customers would come in and they wait 45 minutes for a table and they'd sit down and look at the menu and go, where's the meat? And we'd have to be like, okay, so we'd have to do go through this whole spiel of like, we're vegetarian, but I promise you there's something for everybody here. And, you know, like we're working with, well, slowly we became, we worked with farms more and more and, you know, like that became more of the story. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just used to having to fight, or what I believe in. Mm. It didn't feel that different. I mean also. It was my first restaurant experience. So well I mean I've worked in restaurants. But opening a restaurant. So there was a lot of learning going on in the moment too. You just had to just be in it. 100% of the time. And I don't know. Maybe. Rebelling. <laughs> uh, rebelling is like. Just natural.
1: In your for roots. me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like it um i'm just glad now as i've gotten older that i feel less and the restaurant doesn't have to justify why Mm. we're there anymore no now we're almost 10 years old and it's great to be you know people come there and they know what they're getting and they're expecting it and that's cool now we talk more about like how important it is to eat locally and we tell Mm. the stories of the farms and that's more exciting than having to be like trust us you are going to be okay here you're going to walk in it's going to be all right
3: well, I think by like rebelling against what was the mainstream you guys gave permission for a movement that started and is now blossomed in Vancouver, like now there's... Well,
0: you guys did that too. I mean, Juice Wreck opened a year before Acorn, right? Yeah. And that was a big one, I think, for the city too. It was, a, you know, you're, we're all part of this wave that kind of happened at the same time. Yes. That we just gained tomorrow. more and more momentum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is great. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we I didn't start that either like i think i picked up the torch from all of the other restaurants that were sort of working in their own way to do that too maybe acorn was the one that went you know for the more elevated experience but like there were so many restaurants that were doing veg forward
3: food for sure. yeah there's Mojis like the nam and foundation and-
0: yeah foundation banditas budgies yes yes i mean so many that were paving the way.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, when you guys started, it was it was difficult to find vegan food or even vegetarian food. Um, but now, like, you can throw a stone and there's either a yeah. vegan restaurant. Especially on our street. Especially on the Main Street. Um, <laughs> the vegan Mecca yeah. of Vancouver. Yeah. Like, every second restaurant's like a vegan That's restaurant. It's great. On the street.
0: People have said to me, like, aren't you mad? Like, there's so many now. And I'm like, no, bring it on. The more. It's like the hammock block, you know, the more businesses you have of the one thing or like of that mind, everyone comes. If you build it, people
2: come. Yeah, It's a good mentality, right? Sometimes people have that kind of scarcity approach where they want to say like, no, I want to be the only one to Uh, draw people.
0: Yeah, that's one way. Or you just build a community and you all just do it together. And hopefully the more offerings you have, the more people come for that thing. And Mm -hmm. there's something for everybody. I think every business is a little bit different. Of course.
1: Yeah.
2: Have you found ways to continue to like, you know, whatever it might be like buck trends or I mean, if you've, you've had this kind of through line about education, right? From no, it's okay. You're in good hands. Like you can eat vegetables and be full and be satiated and all this stuff. And now it's more like the farm to table, like educating about a local diet. But are there ways that you found like it, for your own kind of inspiration or even just to, like through your team at the Acorn, like ways to continue to maybe like rebel against trends or push the envelope forward. Like what's, what's next if uh, like opening yeah. the vegetarian restaurant in this like elevated space was kind of like a, a new frontier.
0: I think that I really trust the team now more than ever. And I mean, I think what they're doing is pushing the the boundaries and limits constantly. Okay, They're, you know, leading by example, doing the things that they love. The wine programs really stepped up. Our bar programs stepped up. Our, the, You know, we're not putting safe desserts out, you know, like (laughs) chocolate cake. We're not doing that. We're going to make people flex a little bit in their brains and be like, I don't know. Is this this is tasty, but it's different. Yeah. So hopefully that's just going to continue to happen. And it seems like every time a chef, you know, or, or a new person comes into our kitchen, they all share and learn from each other and continue to kind of keep pushing their their techniques it's really cool we don't have any like crazy equipment we're doing it all like even in the book there's nothing there's no specialized equipment in there except for like a Vitamix
1: a dehydrator
0: but we give oven dehydration methods and you know really a a pot fryer like you just uh, there's nothing special so we're doing it all like that in the restaurant too that's that's what's kind of cool about it it's pretty honestly like just really uh there's just so many steps and so many pieces and so many components that's what I think makes it so cool and special
1: yeah
3: well if people haven't come in like when your your team romances the fear, it's like a story I'm like listening I'm like trying to imagine what it's even gonna look like or yeah. taste like because it's like such a like it's poetry almost and then it comes out and it Tastes like poetry. Like it's this fusion of things that you could never imagine. Or at least I couldn't imagine necessarily working together. Like you mentioned your desserts, like having like celery in a dessert or a mushroom in a <laughs> yeah. dessert. And I'm just like, I don't know, but I trust you and I trust <laughs> the Acorn, so I'm gonna order it. I
0: mean, trust me, yes, but I'm not the one. You know, this is my team. That trust your them,
3: team, so. yeah, and I trust them. The track record's pretty strong. So yeah. if they're telling me the celery is gonna be in my dessert, that yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be great. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be great. The
0: best dessert celery you've ever had.
3: And it kind of like. By trying new things like that it it kind of this idea that we we're just speaking of of giving permission kind of gives you permission to try new things in other aspects of your life that you might like be like, Oh that's weird. Um and give it a try and, you know, it turns out to be something that is amazing. Like Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But or, you know, be safe and eat how you know, like I, I mean honestly, I just we're gonna just do what we do what we're doing. And I, I don't I know you use the word like educate. I'm I'm not really that's not how I would put it because it's, that feels like I know more of than you know what, mm. what my customers are know, and I don't think that that's true. I think that really you know we're just showing one side of one thing and mm. you know we're sharing yeah. it, yeah, yeah, and hopefully we're getting something back from our customers too. I don't know It's, I, it's way more humble than that. like okay. I certainly don't feel like we're any kind of authority on anything, right.
2: But maybe creating an experience for people and then giving an invitation, yeah. like here's something that you can try, and here's why we do it or what we're about. But like at the end of the day, I think it's cool that it's not like you're not you're not losing sleep over people who are like not going to come or don't want to order this celery. I dessert. lose
0: sleep over like the ones you know that might not pick it up because it's is you yeah. know as much as you try to make something that is appealing to everybody, that's absolutely impossible. It's never going to happen. So yeah. I, I definitely lose sleep over like the one percent of those that we can't win over yeah
3: there's always that (laughs) one there always is and that's fine and after
0: 10 years i have to be like it's not personal everything's okay you know they're just weren't our people and that's okay
1: does it fuel
2: you does it fuel you like i know we can say we can lose sleep and it can stress us out or or like we can become negatively like obsessed or ruminate on like that one percent and ignore the fact that like all of these people celebrate it and love it right? Like we are so, oh, even in our own lives, like someone says a negative yeah. comment and it sticks with us all day. Someone pays us like 10 compliments and, and we're, we're like, well, we try to like, hear oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, I got it on sale. Like we try to minimize it, whatever. <laughs> but like, uh, do you think in your own life, does it like, does it fuel you to try and try something new, progress, be better, bolder, braver, or does it kind of like keep you like locked down? What's your... Do you use it for fuel or does it get you down?
0: Well, I, I I don't know how to answer that. It's all right. If I could, what I think is like I, um, I opened the restaurant because I wanted to sort of engage with people over food. Mm-hmm. And I think then it becomes fuel because I recently worked brunch for the first time. I, I haven't admittedly worked on the floor in a very long time because of having the kids and through the pandemic, we've been closed for so much of it, but um, it was so refreshing to be back on the floor and talking about food again with yeah. people and just talking to people. And that the pandemic sucks because it's taken that part away from you and you're doing it through masks, which is fine. We're making it work. But yep. like, you know, that real thing was all about like connecting with people and talking to them and telling a story and hearing a story and like just, I don't know, that that sharing part that part is the f- is the fuel it it. yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome
3: i think your team embodies that too like there's always like an experience that's special at acorn that's a little bit different than other dining experiences
0: they're really passionate and i mean part of the training is to know about all of the people who are behind the food and i think that that's exciting for everyone mm-hmm. our menu is super small and it's it's you know but there's a lot of it's there's a lot. There's a lot of information
3: yeah. there. So when you were like young young Shira growing up in in Calgary, did you ever imagine that you'd uh, be this restaurateur in Vancouver, like leading a a, a veg forward movement?
0: No, I, <laughs> I even like you know I did. There was something I, people have been like, "What well, compelled you?" And I'm like, I don't know. I just <laughs> always was so compelled to do this, and I went to film school, and I study film and I made a cooking show pilot with my mom called Tradition with a Twist. And the thing was like she would bring this old Indian-Persian recipe uh, to the table and I would make this sort of veggie twist on it or something different and we'd make them in together. And so we filmed this pilot and I remember being like I'm making this pilot so that one day I can have a restaurant, which is so strange because usually it's the other other way way around. (laughs) um so i don't know i i don't get it i mean my grandpa it was the head of a head caterer at a synagogue so maybe there's you know some like food and there's a food thread that just runs from our generations and from what i learned at home but i don't know no one's no one's a restaurateur i don't know what
2: it's from do you have like big family meals is that a big part of your like family experience growing up
0: Unfortunately, I grew up in Calgary. My parents had moved there and all our family was out in Toronto or elsewhere. So not so much. Okay, yeah. interesting. Because
2: yeah. sometimes it, that's like the motivation, totally. right? It's like, oh, we
3: Hosting always Hosting have... and big table.
0: Yeah, yeah no, it's, it, it wasn't like that. I mean, we would go back to Toronto and, and spend the high holidays with the family. But...
3: Yeah. Hmm. And what about like, growing your family? We were talking about this on the, on the ride down. Like, So your your roots are Persian Indian, Polish, Russian? Yep. So what did dinner look like? What did, <laughs> look what did like? that look like? <laughs> did...
0: Well, okay, the Polish-Russian side is my dad's side, and then the Indian-Persian side was my mom's, but it's all Jewish, so everything is like Sephardic influence from my mom's side. Interesting. I mean, a lot of her cooking was really just Indian-inspired, very much so. We had a lot of Indian food at home. But then she would make me, you know, like, I mean, when I went veg, she was so amazing. She would still cook or help me and teach me to cook certain things, she would totally make me a completely separate meal, which was a fantastic. Like, she was very accommodating. She cooked everything. And she was a, she is a great cook. Yeah. So I think I learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. She learned it from her mom. You know, then they were born in, like, my mom was born in Calcutta, India. Oh. So, like, very much a very, um, Persian Indian kind of style of cooking. Mm-hmm. I don't make enough Indian food at home. I well, I don't make anything at home right now with two kids. I just like I eat the whatever I can to survive yeah. and get through the day. But. One day it'll come back.
3: Did she have like generational family recipes? Yeah, uh, and I
0: think we both like I have I still have like my grandma's handwritten, you know, pages. Like she would save things and write out recipes for me. It was never yeah. like typed out. It was always like in perfect script cursive. Yes. You know, like my grandma was grandma's amazing I know <laughs> they're right perfect. They Not like my chicken scratch, yeah. I'm, like <laughs> all caps and very like uh Yeah. No, it was perfect. Yeah.
2: Those recipes are special. Like, when you look at them, it's like sometimes they're traditional they're tied to a holiday or a specific meal or season or, or festival whatever it might be and you look at those recipes that have been literally passed down uh, yeah. it's just there's something it it tastes good and feels good before the first ingredient like goes into the bowl totally. right totally
0: yeah uh, and it's like a lost art yeah you know? i hope yeah. it doesn't go with us i mean i guess i wrote a book even though those are my chef's recipes yeah well but anyways there's something there Oh mm-hmm.
3: yeah, it'll
0: some legacy that that can be passed down.
3: Yeah, for nice. sure. 100%. Um do you think you'll go to Calcutta or India sometime to explore? too? now
0: is cool. was, was maybe not the time. But I just, <laughs> yeah. I still have a cousin there who is 80 something. Oh, name wow. is Flower and she is like one of the last Indian Jews in Calcutta. No wow. way. So and I I and you have to have a minion in order to have celebrate the high holidays which is like 10 jews together to celebrate and to do a service mm. and there was one season or one high holiday recently uh, was a while ago they had to like fly in jews from other parts of nearby neighboring communities so that flower would have a minion to celebrate oh. one of the high holidays yeah just a nice, I don't know. She's still kicking. I haven't met her. In one day. Oh, wow. Yeah.
3: We actually went to, when Ryan and I were traveling India before we launched the Juice Truck, we went to a synagogue in Mumbai and it was cool. like 800 years old. Yeah. It was so cool. Like, you don't. I'm so different. Yeah, yeah. It was cool to see that history uh, in India. And, so unexpected, like, too, ex- right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Very
2: much unexpected.
3: Yeah. yeah, we went to a service and it was like kind of a trip. It was really cool. Huh. Well,
0: one day. I would love to see that. That would be so amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: So do you do you bring any of that influence like as much as the the dishes are local and here do you try to bring in some of the influences of your of your like
0: No to the restaurant yeah. no way that is all on my team okay. they're fantastic I have so I have no input on the menu they, I trust them 100% yeah. they're yeah. fantastic
2: And is that an evolution or has it always been that way No
0: it was an evolution okay. for sure yeah. yeah absolutely it took years and years of slow you know being quite hands-on, mm-hmm. to now, well, you know, it was once I had the first kid. It, there's just only so much you can do.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, letting go Oh, it's like, so hard, I but know. it's so great, though, now. Yeah. It's
0: so rewarding, but, it, yeah, it took – that's been a lesson for me.
3: I actually remember my sister got married at North Arm Farms, and I remember, like, seeing all the piles of vegetables and, like, seeing, like, acorn, like, yeah, labeled on a that, bunch of them, and yeah. I was, like, so excited, like, oh, this beautiful farm is, like, the food that – uh That I get to eat at when I go to the acorn. And I think sometimes we like disconnect that food is grown from the earth and you know, there's, there's a story there and an experience there. And um, when we go to a grocery store, like connecting it to people and places is uh, much more powerful than you know, like you said, those, maybe those apples from Chile, even though yeah. those come from people and places too. They do too. for sure too, yeah. right?
0: But I mean, whenever we get the chance, we try to take our team up to one of the farms and we do a, like a tour and it's just really cool. Yeah. You can see the row where, where the strawberries grow, you yeah. know, or like yeah. the root cellar with North Arm Farm stores like all of their root veg through, you know, which we get all year round, which is so great. Like that's really special to be able to have that visual.
2: Yeah. Just connecting, connecting point. people to the place, to yeah. the food. It's it's really important to feel that sense of connection, right? That we're not we're not all so different and disconnected, but in fact, we are very like inextricably bound to one another. And we start to see that in food systems. It's like it highlights in a way that's like this is what's nourishing me, or this is what we're using to repair to like nourish our guests that are coming here and having our food. Like that's that's a cool connection.
0: Yeah, and like a, to bring it full circle, like we're so lucky we live here in a place where that's possible. I yeah. mean, not, all you know, if you're, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, there are farms everywhere for sure, but we're just, we're so lucky. Lots of abundance. There's an abundance yeah. of
1: stuff yeah.
2: here. It's yeah. hard to imagine how that there's such a thing as like a food desert in the modern North American landscape, but there are tons where people cannot get fresh produce, oh even God. if it's flown yeah. in from Chile or whatever it might be there just isn't access to that stuff in here. It's like, it feels like every other corner, there's a little, you know, fresh, fresh green market or whatever it is. Or you go to our, even our big box stores and they're like full of a rainbow of vegetables and fruits that are available to us. Like it's insane to think that people don't have access to that. And yeah, our privilege again on display. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, so what you got two restaurants, you got a cookbook, you're, you're touring again with Ashley shadow,
0: right? Well, we played a couple of shows, shows. but yeah, we, we had an album release that she, um, wrote a record through the pandemic started early days. And then it it just came out in September and it's amazing. Yeah. Ashley shadow. There's an artist you should check out.
1: Yeah. Add it
2: Uh, (laughs) it to the Spotify list. Um, Totally.
0: I was listening
3: to her music. I think you mentioned her on, I don't know, a podcast or your Instagram or something. And I checked it out. She's, very good.
0: So amazing. And we had a string of shows just to celebrate the release. First time playing live music in, well, since November of last year, or two years ago. So it had been two years. And it was just surreal for everyone attending and for us playing and just to to feel that again. When we first started playing, everyone had to sit in chairs and stay at a table. And it was... Don't very you like yeah masks on <laughs> table service only and then the last show that we played at the Lido they changed the restrictions so people could stand in yeah. front of the stage again and that was like started to feel a little more natural or yeah. like the olden times the before times that's cool yeah
3: pre 2000. 19. Twenty or nineteen? <laughs> Every I don't know years yeah. anymore. Yeah.
0: that's what I call it before times.
3: Yeah, yeah. The before times. So what's what's next? Is there more music, more restaurants, more kids? No more, more kids. <laughs> no more <laughs> kids.
0: That is done. Um, I think right now we're just trying to balance and stabilize, and you know, just catch our breath.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Feel like we know what's happening again. Maybe. Well, I mean, the borders have. Really not, you know, we're we're not feeling what it's like to be back to the way it was anymore. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. So let's, you know, just take some time.
3: Yeah. Okay. Make pl- sure we can survive. I know. Mm-hmm. Two two parter on that. All right. For anyone that was listening to this that wants to open a restaurant or is like going through a time of uncertainty, um do you have any ad- advice or like uh, any nuggets that you would share?
0: Well, I mean, you have to. Follow your passion and dreams, and that's really important. Like, don't – I mean, there's so many people who want to do something and don't for all a number of reasons, and that's totally fine. But I think you just really should know what it is you want to do and research it inside and out. And just know your exit plan if it's not going to work. You know, like, really, like, I wrote Mm -hmm. a business plan for Acorn. It took a long time. I went to business school. I did all of that because – I mean, yeah, I could have opened it and I would have made a million mistakes. And that's fine, too. But Mm -hmm. just I think that right now, rents are high. You know, everything's so expensive. It's really hard to hire. You know, just know, just know every part of that business that you want to do. If it's a restaurant you want to open. And know that you, you don't get to open a restaurant and, like, ever turn your phone off. Like, just
3: yeah, I know. You
0: don't. I mean, unless you want it to be a massive, you know, it's a big space and you can hire all the people to do all the things for you, mm-hmm. which is would be lovely. That's not the way we went. We're, you know, we're there. We live you, above the restaurant. We're just always there.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's not restaurants aren't, like, it looks glamorous from the outside, but it's pretty gritty on the inside.
0: Yeah, it's a funny thing. I mean... Yeah, it's a grind.
1: Hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think similar to yours, like your your business, sometimes you are like, oh, I want to open a food truck. I'm like, don't, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, do so. right. it's like your, okay, what's your tell you the one thing I regret more than <laughs> opening a food truck. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I mean, it was a great, well, you still still have it for sure and it's was the perfect launching pad for all of the other wonderful things that you've done so mm-hmm. yes and i think like you were nuts. saying
3: like you have to have a plan if you just start a food truck a lot of them don't make it because there's no plan beyond the food truck and yeah. it's like you can rep that can represent a restaurant or any other business like it, you kind of have to have like a, a plan beyond you know, the idea
0: acquiring the thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Or like the result. Um, like I want, I want to get here. I want this destination or I want to be financially independent or whatever. Like, uh, you have to kind of be in love with the process. It is.
0: I was going to say, it's totally process. You can't, your results driven is one thing, but you have to be like, yeah, ready to do all the work that gets from A to B. Yeah, and there's a lot of work from there's A to B. A to B is a journey. Yeah, it is a <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> yeah, it is a
3: lifetime. You might not ever get to see. I don't know what that. Yeah, looks I don't like. know what C is.
0: Is yeah. a C? It's probably about how it unlocked C. Yeah,
3: still trying to get to B. Oh man, checking along. Yeah. um well, one personal anecdote, and then maybe we can do some rapid, random fire. We call it rapid fire, but it's more random. Random fire. Okay, random fire. <laughs> random yeah. fire. Um, you know this, year, but I just wanted to share it and share some gratitude. A- Acorn's a very special place to me. That's where I had my first date with Megan, my wife, and uh, that's where I uh, went and met with the jeweler that designed our engagement ring, and that's where... You know, we've had pretty much every date and wedding anniversary dinner and like all of our special moments have been at the acorn. So it's like a super special place for us. And when I think of like my own personal love and like things that are special to me, like they start there in a lot of ways. So. Thank you for creating a space that allowed those special moments to happen.
0: I yeah. love that story. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah. That's you're right. welcome. I but mean, no, thank you. That for was sharing. my first date if I yeah. went somewhere else maybe uh things maybe would things be different. Been different. Yeah. That's
2: right. So, <laughs> 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 the butterfly effect. It's the That's acorn right. effect.
1: That's right,
2: the acorn effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. 100%. Yeah, guaranteed guaranteed love connections if you bring your date to the acorn, right? Seems, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there, there
0: are someone, stories like that. Out someone there. You want if you to have marry. those stories, please share them.
3: Yeah. yeah. That that'd be like kind of a cool podcast. Like mm-hmm. Love Stories from the Acorn. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of like do you remember the I used to always read like the misconnections in the Georgia Strait and like uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> enjoyed those. I actually um I've got like a bit of an art background like your husband and I remember like doing, like, a series where I would, like, draw what I thought the people would look like. And oh, those that's a good series. Yeah, that would be
0: cool. That's was, basically like the I Saw You.
3: Yeah. 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 It was fun. It was fun. All right. Should we do some... Random Rapid? Random Rapid. I feel like rebranding it to Random Fire instead of Rapid Fire. Yeah. Because sometimes okay. they're long. Yeah. Sometimes they, like, don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So be prepared for the randomness coming your way. That's right. Okay. Okay. Um, if you had to choose one career or like passion, would you take take your music or your food?
0: It's one or the other. <clears throat> I I mean I chose food because I knew music would always be
2: there.
3: Mm, I like that. I like that.
2: That's very good. That's cool. What's uh? What's one? punk Album you couldn't live without. Fuck.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I haven't
0: sworn on this podcast Not, yet. Let nice. him out. Let All him right. out. Um, it's more hardcore, but uh, maybe Neurosis Times of Grace. Okay. That was their mellowest record, by the way. So that's a terrible example. I like it. <laughs> but it just shows how dark I like
3: this. What was like the first kind of punk album that you listened to like did you listen to any like the clash or the ramones or like? no it was like new pop punk was all, at, all, the, at the start yeah for
0: sure probably yeah. like a no effects or something right at yeah. the beginning or something local from calgary but yeah. i don't i mean no it wasn't anything good
3: my cousin was actually <laughs> a...
0: i mean sorry no offense to the no effects like that uh, lovers yeah. out there they're, yeah. great. they're great yeah yeah. <laughs> i can rem- drop like all the way
3: I mean, that was kind of the time. Like, I remember when like, Warp Tour back then, it'd be like NoFX and Good Charlotte and stuff like that. Yeah. At, yeah. Like, I don't know. Or under a punk banner, but are more pop than. Felt,
2: felt a little too mainstream.
3: Yeah. So funny. Um, <laughs> what would be the first punk album you'd buy your daughter? Oh,
0: damn. Daughters. Well, this one's tough. I, yeah. I need, I need a minute to okay. go back and to clear the cobwebs a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. The Wiggles, punk album. The Wiggles <laughs> punk album.
0: <laughs> I mean, because you almost want to start with something like really classic. But then also, I don't know. Do you just go with something that like is true to my roots? Or do you yeah. go to like the beginning of, you know, punk historical? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know.
2: It's like the recipe. It's the recipe that you pass down. I think you got to go like your like yours. Our story. Yeah. Man.
0: Yeah. Well, then I'll, I'll make them a punk. Yeah.
1: Punk
2: mixtape
0: or something. Yeah. Playlist. Yeah. Right. That's what they're it would called be the now. Spotify. Not mixtapes, yeah. The co cool playlist. Yeah.
2: We can't, can't even burn CDs anymore. It's like <laughs> that's true. They don't they don't
3: go
0: anywhere. <laughs>
1: they don't even have. I'll a make spot. you a Spotify.
3: Other than the AK, your beautiful acorn book, which I think everyone should have, is there a book that um, you've either a uh, you know, a normal fiction or nonfiction book or a cookbook that you've gifted regularly throughout your life or, like, a cookbook that you've admired through the years?
0: So many, but yeah. i that that's a cop-out answer. <laughs> yeah.
3: mm. There are a lot. There's a lot of books in the world. Yeah. No. okay you
0: okay. have to skip that question skip.
3: sorry skip. next that's the random fire sometimes yeah random you're fire. like well
0: it's good because they can be always cut yep. yeah
3: someone
2: yep. okay so someone comes into the acorn they they've never been there before and they sit down and say i don't know what should i have what do you recommend
0: well that's the problem because our menu changes every other week. So oh, it would depend on the
2: season, other than the kale
1: season.
0: Other than the kale Caesar, which we have made locally, like local all the way across the board. So Amazing. It's like, That's cool. You know, kale's always in season.
3: Yeah. In Vancouver. I heard that kale's like sweeter in the winter.
0: Right. When it like, yeah. But also can get a little woody
3: sometimes too. Yeah. depends. Sweet, sweet and woody. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Kale of the winter. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the juice truck punk album. There you go. <laughs> sweet oh, buddy. No. <laughs> oh god, uh, not not coming soon. <laughs> You can, can play guitar. Yes, I'm a hack on the guitar. Can Maybe you? I can be like your backup on your guys' All right, I'll scream. children's, I'll ch- children's yeah. punk band. If it's band. the
0: children's punk band, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> is it a punk band? Do we, we, I think, I guess I we're guess doing it. it okay. like, yeah. <laughs> AB, yeah.
3: ABCs could be punk, you know? like
0: <laughs> that's For sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's been done. I'm sure you can find a punk rendition of ABC. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was kind of
3: picturing like hey-ho to like the right? ABCs. Dinner? You got anything else? If you were to do a pop up anywhere in the world, I know Mm -hmm. you've done in New York, in LA. You didn't want to. We were, were.
0: we were trying. We were trying. We almost opened a restaurant in LA. Damn. We had a location. We looked at it, and then we got pregnant.
3: That happens. Life yeah, happens, life right? Life happens, <laughs> yeah. If you could do a pop-up, and you can do a pop-up anywhere in the world, where where would somewhere that would be super exciting be? Well,
0: I'd want it to be somewhere I could let's go and hang out for a while. Yeah. I mean, like, we have, would still love to take this book on tour. Yes. And, you know, do it the way you would a band album release. Like, yeah. go to cities and play the show or yeah. do a dinner yeah yeah so hopefully we can still do that and we would probably do what's easiest right now which would be west coast yeah. east coast yeah. some hot spots in canada yeah but i mean if i i don't know would I, i'd go to portugal or or something you yeah. know and do it on the beach in the algarve or <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Or we I could just hang out for a while. i It'd be fun.
3: I'm in. Yeah. I'll come, I'll come out. I'll be one of your. Uh, you come. Okay. I'll be one of your groupies on right. the tour. Well, or you could just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> acorn
0: heads. Like a fish head or something. Whoa. Or yeah. Head, I yeah, whoa, I just yeah,
3: pictured like, like an acorn t-shirt. Like with like a band aesthetic. It'd be yeah. so cool. Oh, we've
0: made a lot of acorn t-shirts. Oh, with band aesthetics. I need one I'll show else. you. I'll show you after.
3: That's oh, so cool. cool. Got any or should we? Uh...
2: Well, I was just going to say any shout outs, any shout outs of like other, other uh, Vancouver restaurants or people, bands, musicians that inspire you, whether it's to be a better business person, restaurant owner, mom, This partner. list
0: is really long. Yeah, I feel so blessed by the community that I have friends and the team who works with us in the restaurant and the community of, of folks that I talk to on the regular in the industry. I'm grateful, you know, for the pandemic bringing some of us closer together that wouldn't have happened. I think had we all just sort of been going about our own ways with our heads down, you know, just trying to do our thing. But I think, I think it did bring people closer together and I don't know. So that list is long. You can email me and I'll give it to you. <laughs> That's
3: awesome. That's okay. awesome. Cool. Uh, we've got one question that we ask uh, all of our guests. <laughs> I'll let you Diener- know you yeah. know, bring, bring her home.
2: All right. So obviously we have our podcast here and we're grateful for your time and sharing with us. And it's a gift to be able to have conversations with just like fascinating people who are up to really cool stuff in the world. So thank you for, for being who you are. And uh, the podcast, we call it, is uh, A Little More Good. That's the name we wanted to create because we believe in it. We believe in doing it and seeing it happen in the world. We're always curious to our guests, to you, Shira, what does A Little More Good mean?
0: Um, I think it's just being a little more good, just kinder and open and just gentler with everyone, one another, especially right now.
3: Absolutely. So good. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shira. I think, uh, what you've created. It's like an intersection of art and music and food and, you know, all the things that represent culture. And you guys are creating a wave of, of goodness beyond the plate. And I'm grateful for yourself and what you've created. Wow.
0: Thanks. Thanks yeah. to you both for having me on here. It's of course. Pleasure.
3: Thanks, Judah. I'm um, ready for some dinner at the Acorn. Yeah, oof! I love that place. So That's my favorite place in Vancouver. Yeah,
2: so cool. I didn't know. I didn't know that about uh, your kind of like the love, the love story that coincided with with meals at the Acorn. Oh, That's really neat. Yes, yeah.
3: love, love was uh, found. You know, between uh, two forks and a kale salad.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so good. So good.
3: Oh, maybe we need to have some time at the Acorn again. You know, all wow. all all my special people. I've uh, shared memories at the Acorn, so maybe we there need to go. do a little. Um, you know, maybe some planning for 2022. We can go down, have have some tasty vegetables. I'm into it. Some some uh, well curated uh, wine, perhaps, and yes. uh, see what the future holds.
2: Okay, let's go. All right. You know, I hope I'll, I'll, be your, I'll be your plus one anytime.
3: <laughs> oh, shucks.
2: <laughs> Especially when there's delicious vegetables involved. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm an easy date that way. <laughs> yeah,
3: yep, me too. Me too. Fe- feed me and I'm happy. That's right. <laughs> get, um, get me home in time before I turn into a pumpkin. And- that's right. We're good to go.
2: There's there's runs to be had. We can't be staying out too late. You know?
3: Yeah, yeah. Curfews. That's right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. Yeah. Uh, if you have yet to go down to the Acorn or the Arbor, uh, you know, add it to your agenda for the week. Mm-hmm. Add it to your schedule. You will not regret it. And if you're out uh, of province or out of city and you can't make it there, look up uh, Shura's book Acorn yeah anywhere where you can find books everywhere from amazon to your local bookstore that's right and she shared a year's worth of recipes so bring that acorn experience to your home yeah pretty darn cool
2: very cool she talked about the pod that seasonal kind of tracking through so yeah great opportunity to kind of like cook through the year get connected to place have some delicious meals eating more plants. It's like, it's all, it's
3: all a win. It's all a win. win. We like to, let's, let's check the wins, especially when they're easy ones, like having a meal at the acorn. That's
2: right. So if we don't see you there, we, uh, we hope to connect with you either online through Instagram, through, uh, the podcast itself by you connecting with us, liking, leave us a review, share it with a friend, share it on your Instagram story, whatever you do. We appreciate all of it obviously appreciate you listening and participating in that way and uh yeah thanks for thanks for always tracking along with us and getting to hear all these awesome people that we have these conversations with so
3: all right stay good y'all yeah peace